Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. Um, today we are on series two, Christmas special. It's a big one. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. Um, and just a quick reminder that this week's episode deals with mental health issues and mentions of childhood illness. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In today's Christmas special, the nurses and sisters are rolling out a polio vaccination programme, hoping to avert an epidemic after a number of cases have been reported in the district. Meanwhile, Dr Turner and Sheila are preparing for their upcoming wedding, with some trepidation on Sheila's part. The sisters also continue to wrestle with Sister Bernadette's decision to leave the church. Jenny Lee is attending to Yvonne Bridges, whose baby is due any day. Her husband, Alan, is suffering from the ongoing effects of malaria, which he picked up when he fought in Korea. He's also struggling with PTSD, or the horrors, as Trixie calls it. When an unexploded bomb is discovered at a building site, the residents of Poplar are evacuated to a nearby hall. Sheila, who cannot face the sisters, seeks refuge with Dr Turner. With all of the chaos, everyone fails to notice that Timothy is unwell and is in fact has polio. Timothy is hospitalised and placed in an iron lung. The wedding is postponed while Timothy's life hangs in the balance. The chaos of the evacuation centre also triggers Alan's PTSD. Trixie and Jenny Lee support the bridges and suggest that Alan is present at the birth of their baby as a way of helping him through the trauma, much to Sister Evangeline's consternation at this prospect of a man being present. We see Chummy and Peter navigate being new parents and Jenny Lee's relationship with Alec continues to flourish. Despite the best efforts of the army to defuse the bomb, it detonates and damages the foundations of an artist's house condemning it. Thankfully, no one is hurt, and in keeping with a Christmas special, all ends well. Timothy recovers but must wear leg braces, and Dr. Turner and Sheila marry in the spring. Oh, it was <laughs> great synopsis. And like, that, that synopsis is basically the whole podcast because it was the, <laughs> so, it's so, so packed. Another one we could talk for like three hours about easily. Yeah. Also, Jen, I was going to ask you, like, our because we get a longer episode because it's a Christmas special. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, our episode was, so it was, um, I checked the running time, it was 74 minutes, but I just wondered if you got extra. No, we didn't get 74 minutes, that's for sure. We got, I think we got an hour, I mean, it's over an hour, it's over an hour. But oh, so you did get a longer episode this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But no, I don't think we got 74. I'll have to actually check how long it was, because I, I wonder what they cut out. I mean, I think they do a pretty good job cutting out 
enough that I don't, you know, that if when you're watching it, you don't lose anything. Like, oh, really yeah. Lose. It's really, yeah. It's re- they're so slick. I just love it. I think they'll, and I think they'll know about those cuts beforehand as well, knowing they've got to fit it in with American TV and stuff. Y- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. Can we talk about the first scene? Because we've got a lot packed in here. Okay. I want to talk about the first bit, right? Because obviously it's Christmas and you're all excited. And then they show Fred trying to sell some mistletoe and stuff like that, right? <laughs> and then you've got Peter, the policeman. Right. Yeah. Basically being like, oh, I'll turn a blind eye. Basically trying to fleece Fred. He he's just made his son after him. And he's that basically like, I'll tell on you unless you sell it me dead cheap. I thought you were cheap. <laughs> Listen, the law the law is fungible just like everything else on earth. You know what I mean? Like all of this is just completely up to a personal discretion. <laughs> You know what I loved about the like the as soon as you go into this episode, it like launches into Christmas songs. All of those Christmas songs, mm-hmm. considering it's it's, are we still in the nineteen fifties or in the nineteen sixties yet? Fifties, fifties, fifties. Those are still all of the Christmas songs that are basically now on the radio. Yeah, apart from Last Christmas and the best Christmas hit ever at Shaking Seasons. <laughs> if you've not listened to it, Americans, listen. It is amazing. Merry Christmas, everyone. Wait, say say the name of the song again. Shaking Stevens, Merry Christmas, everyone. Didn't didn't snow is falling. No one needs to hear this. I oh oh oh! I I know I know what song you're talking about. I also like the Kelly Clarkson Christmas song, um, which is I know which one you mean. It's good. yeah yeah. I I won't butcher its beautiful melody with my horrible singing, but um... right, she's she's no Shaking Stevens, but you know it's it's, it's good. <laughs> well, I, I was going to join in. I was going to join in with Alex, and then I was like, no one. Actually needs to <laughs> we would have to cut the episode. Um, no <laughs> have to stop re- recording and start all over again from scratch. I think it's a condition. She is fully toned down. No offense, folks. Yeah. You know what though? There was something very like there was a different energy watching this episode, being that it's like almost Christmas. Like I mean, I know we're still like a month away, but like watching a Christmas episode like so close to the actual holiday did kind of like give me some ener- special energy and like. This episode will be listening, like our listeners will be listening to in a couple of weeks. And so they'll even have more on it. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. So should we, okay, we have to break this down. So should we talk about um, Yvonne or the bomb first? Which do you think we should do first? Oh, what amazing, like a bomb. Or, or should we do the festive polio vaccines? <laughs> you know, there's so many festive things going on with this well, episode. Well, to me, po- polio, Tim, no, I know, and, I know, I know. and the wedding all go together as like one big yeah. bump. And I think we should kind of end there because it has yeah. a happy ending. But um, right. Maybe we just do the bomb first because that's kind of like sets up everything else that's an issue in that episode, yeah. right? Okay. And we see more of Alec because he comes. Well, he's obviously coursing. Mm. Um, Jenny Lee coursing <laughs> <laughs> again. Becky has come from nineteen fifty nine. She's just a reincarnated soul of an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> courting are you courting anyone that's what I used to get when I was little and I was like what do you mean courting um okay so okay so you okay so the episode starts you think everything's hunky-dory and it is and then it's like some like the other shoes gotta drop something has to happen okay because all of the stuff that they're like the quote problems like in the first two minutes are not not problems like like sister monica jones hyacinths are not blooming like you're like you know whatever there's some pregnant people there's some stuff happening whatever well no okay boom middle of the night you you hear something and then peter comes in and he's he's like we have to evacuate like well, he's at the door you... isn't he with cynthia and considering he lives there he like knocks yeah. on the door that annoyed me right yeah Number one. yeah that's my first thing yep same <laughs> second thing that annoyed me was cynthia was like oh um sorry um trixie's hairdryer's just uh just blown the fuse, blown a fuse. And like, yeah and he's like oh no time to worry about that and then announces afterwards to not to Cynthia being like, actually no she didn't if actually off for a precautionary me- measure. <laughs> he then went upstairs to his yeah. wife and he was like, "Yeah, it's off for a precautionary me- measure." So there's poor Cynthia thinking, poor Cynthia and Trixie thinking they've blown it on a fuse box trying to fix it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's like the time when do you remember when Mary was in the other room and they just didn't tell anyone? Yeah. Well, really also, what made me laugh too, um, in that same vein with Peter was that. You know, uh, Chummy's like, oh my goodness, we have to evacuate. Wait a minute. Okay, like, let me just get my act together here. And he's like, he's holding a flashlight. And she's like, could you literally shine that flashlight somewhere that would actually help me with anything I have to do right now? And he's like, what oh, he's like, I will say to him, he did shine it on the baby. And that would be my first thought. Oh, I loved it when he was like, uh, the baby? And she's like, no, the glasses. <laughs> she's like, the baby is not my biggest problem. I literally can't see right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> help me, help me, help me. Yeah, but he's anyways. But so okay, so then then the the call goes out. They have to literally clear. I don't know, like a four block radius of Poplar, which means tons and tons of people. Everyone's going to get funneled into like yeah. There's like ten in each room. So there's yeah. about six million. Yeah. Now, my favorite part of the evacuation is when Sister Evangelina says to the volunteers, "Don't be putting any bourbons out because they'll create expectations that we can't fulfill." <laughs> it's peak. Like, as, the class over the I feel like this bourbon. era is peak peak Evangelina. Like yeah, last oh, episode, she was amazing. This episode, oh. she's amazing. Next one, she's she's just amazing. She's got like 10 top quality A plus lines. And that one is so freaking good. Like the like when she goes off with them about the milk and everything and like, uh, and that, we'll get there, but it's just another, oh my goodness. I also yeah. loved um, when they were evacuating and sister uh, Monica Joan brings the hyacinths because they're basically trying to, they're waiting to get these hyacinths to bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trixie asked her if she's got the cake tin. I was like, yes, those are the priorities. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't go anywhere with snacks, then like you're not even living life, you know, like everywhere you go, you have to have some snacks or be going to get snacks well, while know, you're. about the evacuation? I know me and Beck seem to think about accommodation more than you, Jen, because I've been listening back to some of these and then you're like, why are you caring about like the syphilis <laughs> or whatever going on and we're caring about rooms but like they, they put alan and what was the lady's name elaine yvonne yvonne sorry yeah so they put yvonne and alan in a, this separate room or whatever that was quite roomy and i thought why have they not spread the families out more like so they can have a bit of privacy and like the babies can go over there like why have they not done that there's other rooms what? that are all walking through that are just but i thought they yeah, because then when alan off. ran off um so when alan um someone hits a hockey ball through the window and then Al- it triggers Alan's PTSD and he runs off. Mm. He just runs into an empty hall. Yeah, and I was like, why have they not filled that with, like, maybe girls who don't want to be, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, separate yeah. people. No, yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I thought they were all in the parish hall, and to me, like, yeah, okay, there's, like, hallways and stuff, but you can't block things, you can't block those off with, like, cots and everything like that. If people want yeah, to... Want... Diff- there was different rooms for definite. It looked like a snooker oh. hall or something. I, okay, I, I didn't. Lie on I didn't, the tables. I mean, the room that Alan and Yvonne are in to me looked like just a glorified, you know, like storage room. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they were like, "Oh, can we have it here still. for privacy?" But it was big, but it wasn't nice. Like it was like there was lots of like dusty <laughs> stuff in the corner and like. Old I'm not things. saying it was the Ritz, but you know what I mean. They could have separated rather than everyone all being together in a hive of polio, you know, germs. <laughs> anyway, PTSD. Sorry, we'll have sorry. someone who does like emergency logistics management on this podcast at some point and they can talk to us about a lot of these issues but yes anyways um so we need to talk about alan's ptsd okay yeah so oh, alan, had, alan. Sweet so he had really bad night sweats and stuff and he mm-hmm. had and he said it was because of malaria and he sweats it could have been triggered by that mm-hmm. but obviously he had ptsd from the war and um, does anyone remember where he said he was in the war korea oh, yeah well done girls i actually remember too <laughs> <laughs> I know where Korea is and I know what that war was about. So, okay, I'm not a complete idiot, you guys. Like, just to know there. Yeah, yeah Alan, let's take that yeah. list. Was that, so that was after World War II. This is yes. an entirely separate war. Yes, Korea, the Korean War was... Well, I think he was referencing World War II, but he was in Korea as part of fighting that World War II is how I right. got to it. So yeah. he had bad PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and it meant that his nerves were but like I had obviously PTSD when I had after my birth and stuff it's obviously a different kind but anything to do with blood <laughs> if you don't know me I am so squeamish not to do nothing to do with PTSD I just can't look at blood without fainting um, but he's got that and he like smells it he's got this awful like it was awful the actual but he was explaining it to Trixie Girls. and I feel like pause sorry no he was he was not a world war ii veteran he was a korean war veteran because the korean war was from 1950 to 1953 and this why is do like we 19... do this to ourselves all no, the we time didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no we didn't i i we both said korea and then i was like wait a minute and then and so i just wanted to google because i know that the korean war is a 1950s war but i didn't know the exact date so okay so it, it and because of their age okay so i just want to make sure that our listeners you know just for so he was in the Korean War, not World War II. He would have been a lot. Because the thing is, there are World War II veterans also in this episode, and they're significantly older. Like, Alan and yeah, Yvonne, I think, are, are like in their 20s. And the guys who come in from World War II, like that Scottish guy that they have to get from, like, the Highlands or whatever to come and defuse the bomb. And spoiler alert, he does not do a good job. Um, like, he's like, he's like 55 <laughs> he or something. slippers. <laughs> 
so anyways, okay, so he was in the Korean War. Sorry, but you were going yeah. on. So he, um, he was telling Trixie this absolutely heartbreaking story oh, about so his sad. PTSD and like how it, obviously he doesn't know it's called PTSD, he doesn't know anything about it. Mm. Um, and basically this is where Trixie is kind of, this is, I think this is the first kind of insight into Trixie's background mm. with a big storyline mm. coming up for Trixie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because it really affects her. She's a brilliant actor as well. Um, and um, basically, yeah, he was saying about how he can't stand the smell or sight of blood or anything and he gets really nervous and then he has these bad dreams and then when he has these bad dreams, he can't control it. And basically, they're saying he wants to sleep in that room because he's going to scream. Mm-hmm. And they, they mask in the fact that it's his wife. His wife's going to be in labour, but his wife's there. She's so supportive. She loves him most. But I will say she's supportive until she says to Trixie, to him, when he's talking to Trixie, oh, don't go bothering the sister with your, with your story. And I'm like... Yeah, she's like, no one wants to hear about your nerves. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute, girls, though. Let's just pause. I, I, I have to beat this drum, sorry. The stigma against mental illness, especially in this time, is yeah. so astronomically big and powerful. And I think that what that what Yvonne is doing is trying to be like, okay, you, t- I know all of this that you deal with. I know what you're going through, but don't make other people worry about you or feel like maybe you're, you know, quote crazy or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And then give them a reason to think that there's something wrong with you. Like, I know you're okay. I know you can handle it. And we're, we're in this together and like, I'll support you. But I think, I don't think it's that she's criticizing him as much as that she's afraid of letting other people know kind of how deeply he's affected and like what he really yeah. goes through. So and anyway, also, Trixie. Oh, sorry, go on. Well, just just because of, just because I think he has a lot of shame around it, and I think she also is very protective of him. So yeah. Anyway, although I will so say right. that when, when the window broke and he ran out of the room when they're examining Yvonne, because she's basically about to go into labour, mm-hmm. um, Yvonne equally looked confused when he ran from the room. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Look, yeah, you can try and protect. You can try and protect his wife lying there, legs akimbo. He just <laughs> ran out." I'm joking. I'm very humorless when it comes to that. Yeah, I guess. Trixie makes it a one-woman mission to basically teach him how to get good blood. Um, I actually think watching a birth would make it worse, but there we go. Um, Because it's like a war zone down there. Sorry, I just just have to interject this. Okay, two things about, before we just get to Yvonne actually giving birth. The first, the scene where Trixie is talking to Jenny about her history and her experience with her father who had shell shock, which is, you know, an old word for PTSD, and how her mom would kind of do the night shift and then she would do the day shift and she was kind of like the sunshine girl. Like, she always had to be happy no matter how she was feeling because she always had to, like, make her dad feel uplifted and happy and that's why, like, a lot of her problems kind of come around because she always has to kind of put on this face even if it's not what she's really thinking, which is, again, a a teaser of, like, where she's going to go in the future. And then the second thing, which I thought, again, this writing, you can never get, I mean, it's so beautiful, but like when Jenny and Trixie go to Sister Juliana and Sister Evangelina and they're advocating for Alan to be at the birth, because they're still not sure if Ravonna is going to give birth in the shelter or if she's going to be able to give birth back at the home. um, Jenny says, very wise for Jenny, got to give her credit here. She says, you know, like Yvonne needs like Alan needs to know that he will be okay and he can support Yvonne through this and Yvonne needs to know that Alan can support her through this and I was like oh my god like just oh so like and I I just I just love that scene it was sister Evangelina oh yeah I loved when sister Julienne silenced her with the right she literally raised her hand and sister Evangelina just stopped dead in her tracks yep and but what you were saying Alex about how you didn't think birth was perhaps the, the proper route to help him with his PTSD. <laughs> but I've said before that my brother's a police officer. And so he's been to some pretty horrific scenes um, with like road traffic accidents with and things. And he mm. said that um, watching a birth was the most horrific thing he's ever seen. <laughs> See? <laughs> True. Um, also, girls, can we just say Horlick's Klaxon? Ah! Um, yes! Yeah, ah! so basically, yeah, so Trixie gets very upset and it, rightfully so it's the most it's a really moving scene as you just yeah. referenced again um and um then um chummy tries to offer a horlicks and she's like oh was it horlicks or something yeah yeah, well, yeah. Horlicks. yeah. she's like oh you think that'll fix everything and stormed off and then we've all done that before it's really embarrassing you feel awkward after you've done it because you're dead emotional i'm looking at one person here and <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking that is the british way that a cup of tea will cure everything yeah it can reignite it is in, it is in 1959 and you are from them 
Um, it's making me want to buy. I might buy Horlicks when I do my next shop. <gasps> well, Ooh. no, what I said we need to buy Horlicks to do a taste test when we do the translation episode. Yeah. Imagine if do. it's our new thing that we we all just obsess over. I don't oh my think god. Are we? <laughs> Okay, we'll talk about this off air. I, I won't. I won't distract this. Yeah. Off. So anyway, um, so Trixie, um, then then Jenny Lee takes it to her as a bit like a peace offering when she's calmed down a bit, and that mm. is when they have Horlicks, and that is my friends, the Horlicks Claxon. Horlicks Claxon. Okay, should we move on to, um, the the bomb like yes. getting sorted out? Just because we can do that one kind of quickly. Yeah. Um, well, I loved seeing Fred in his civil defence volunteers uniform. Oh, and also, yeah. nurses saw him in such a different light. Who also, did? I like the way they explained it. They were like, oh, you was, what are you dressed as kind of thing? And they were like, oh, I'm in my civil defence. Like, they basically had to, like, write it into the story. Like, actually, I'm a civil defence. <laughs> <laughs> like, they probably would know. But, like, they've just had to write it in their scene at the same time as us. I loved it. But you thought you were so good at it. Fred is the ultimate catch-all. Like Fred is yeah. everywhere. He's the everything character. He's the he's like anything you need, Fred. Any any hole you have in the story, Fred. Like he he just is always doing the most. Fred is Fred is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I don't really. Uh, I I this is not going to be a long point because I don't want to get bogged down. I don't really understand. Like when they explained what the deal with the bomb was. I, I got it, but I also didn't get it, which is an unfortunate right, state so that I'm What did you get? So he's like, oh, he's like, when the when these bombs first dropped, they were like on some kind of energy timer thing, and they were supposed to go off within X amount of time. Okay, got that. But he's like, but then if they like got disconnected from something, then it meant that the energy activation like never got triggered. So then they just always kind of like laid in like basically pause mode. For however long and that's why they were worried that this bomb was going to like completely detonate the whole thing is that right am i right about that yeah i think you yeah. completely got oh okay well then oh, and also they were like they tried to count all the bombs but yes. there were so many they couldn't so this is how yes. this one split the net kind of thing right 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 and then they stopped it's a bit they're like oh we need a we need a, and also can i just say in the, in the olden days they're all really posh army but they probably still are don't know they're yeah. like oh we need to send sergeant from but oh he's, uh, he's in scotland for the moment <laughs> and uh we need to wait a day for him to come down don't forget hope jolly hope so then they're all there waiting for this sergeant to come, the poshest sergeant. And he goes, like, she wants piping slippers in Scotland. <laughs> um, and then loved... this old man down the hole. Also, I loved when Dr. Turner was like, "Will will when the kids are, oh, we don't need to talk about the kids' Christmas party. But yes, we when, do, he, when that's he's... where the polio happens. Oh, uh, yeah, we also, do. Also, but... I have a thing about about it too that i want to mention but i do love um dr turner taking all the kids for a detour past the cordon like let me take you as close as we can to the bomb yeah yeah he's like you guys want to see this horrific bomb site yeah and and then i'll take you to the surgery to see some dead bodies And all the boys are like, woohoo! Oh, but and and then when and then when they're leaving, Jack is like, I don't feel well. And they're like, well, anyways, just keep going, you know, like totally dismissing. Yeah, so basically his... they're in the they're in the church hall. That's where they're supposed to be having the Christmas party for the cubs. And mm-hmm. the cubs are like, Well, where are we gonna have it? So then Chummy goes around to Bernadette and Sister Bernadette's is not Sister Bernadette, Sheila. Um and, I, well in my synopsis, I'm like, do I call her Sheila? Do I call her Sister? Yeah, Bernadette? well it's Sheila now, yeah, isn't Sheila it? Now. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Sheila was staying at um at Dr. Turner's because she felt really uncomfortable around the nuns because she's still navigating this new area of her life and she's feeling really awkward. Mm-hmm. So she didn't want to stay in the church hall with them, she felt really awkward in the community hall with them, she felt really awkward. So yeah. anyway, she's staying there on the sofa, all very above board and appropriate, may I add. Anyway, mm. Chummy went round. I really liked that scene because it was kind of like a new friendship era for Chummy with the with her yeah. being like, "Oh, don't call me doctor nurse. I'm not no near a nurse. No, it's the new artist, Bernadette." It was lovely. It was really nice yeah. seeing Chummy and Chummy and Sheila like this new relationship they've got. I loved it. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Can we have the party here?" So that she's like, "Yeah." So we have this massively rowdy party. Although, can I say, Sister Bernadette? No, Sheila. She's a bit like, "Oh, don't don't uh, Jack, don't uh, don't." You know, make the baby sick up his milk. I'm like, all right, party pooper. It's a bloody party. <laughs> also, he's the one looking after the baby. I know. So anyway, so they have this one scene where they show Timothy drinking out of a bottle and he hands it to Jack and he downs it. <laughs> and then, I think Tim was already feeling bad, though. I wonder. Yeah, I, wonder exactly if Tim, I think Tim was the patient zero there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why they showed that scene. Mm. So then in the next bit, Jack's like, oh, I've got a headache. Parties are taken out of me. Cue polio. 
Well, it, it, uh, Jack, they're they're like singing Christmas carols on the stage of the Paris Hall, practicing for I guess the pageant or whatever. And all of a sudden, Jack just pukes everywhere, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And then they take and that is and- not going to be pleasant because he's basically just downed a bottle of Cherry Aid. Oh, disgusting. And and so they take him to the hospital and that's when it's like, oh my God, this child has polio, you know, whatever. And then, but the thing is, okay, I think, I think we're, I think we're, we're done with some of the other stuff. So we can just fully move on to like Sheila, doc, you know, Dr. Turner and Tim. So poor Tim. Okay. We always joke about it, but like this episode, this child was like, he looked like he looked he'd been dug up. He looked like he'd just he just been dug terrible. up. He looked horrendous. He looked... And his dad's like, oh, bro, cream later. Yeah, I'll take you for a fry. Oh, bye. Well, again, it was just classic because, like, Tim is literally, like, dosing himself from his medicine bag because he obviously can't, like, appear to be sick because he knows no one's really functionally there to take care of him. And then and then Dr. Turner is like, oh, you're my best man. Like, we're going to go get, like, shaves and everything. And then literally one phone call comes in and he's like, and then Tim's like, well, when, 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 so when did you want to go get those shaves? And he was like, oh, no, we're not going to do that now. And he's like, what? And he's like, we'll do it tomorrow. Oh, it'd be fine and Tim's just like oh here we go again well, there's like- another scene as well with Tim that really annoyed me so so Sheila's having like she's having all this worry about the wedding is she doing the right thing and obviously she's nervous and she's you know it's, it's this yeah. whole new big thing she's got going on mm-hmm. which again she'll we will add guilt to the whole polio thing millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. With her. Yeah. Like at one point, she's like thinking about a dress and she's like, What's this dress like? What do you think, Timothy? And he's like, I don't know. I'm a boy, I'm not a woman. And she's like, <laughs> And then he said, Someone said you're doing it like all across Kipper or something. It was really weird oh, saying that. Yeah, I, I wrote that. Oh, did I write it down? Um, oh. It was a weird saying. Bex will probably know it. No, I don't know it. It's not one of. It was like under the. It was. Not, it wasn't under the covers, but it was something like that. Like yeah, because like, she's like, done it all before. Like you're you already know, married to Jesus, basically. Yeah, and it's like and you're she, a divorced person. Yeah. Yeah, and she put the the thing away really angrily and snatched it off him. And and she and Timothy was like, oh, you seem angry. She's like, I am cross, but not with you. Well, don't take out on him then, you bucket. Like oh, every, everyone takes everything out on that poor kid. I mean, uh, yeah. Also, just really quick on that point, that wedding dress woman was an absolute cow. Like, oh, where's your mother? Do you not have a mother? No. Do you not have a sister? No. Well, that's crap, isn't it? You're like rubbish. Oh, do you have any sisters? Yeah. I thought yeah. that was a, I thought that was like a double entendre kind of yeah. thing there. Also, you know what's funny? So again, I mean, again, beat the drum. I'm always watching these with my mom because she loves the show so much too. But we were watching the scene where Sheila puts on the gray dress like again. You know, she's yeah. like, okay, you know. And so there's. I thought she was gonna hang herself. By the way, when I first saw that. <laughs> No, you didn't. So, anyway, so anyway, so she's like pulling the thing, you know, so like all these like all these like close-up shots of like her body parts, like with the thing going on. But then at the very and then the last portion is like where the camera zooms out and you see her like in the dress. And literally all of a sudden my mom goes, Oh, that's a terrible dress. (laughs) I don't think the dress was terrible. I think the hat with it was. (laughs) Yeah, the hat aged her. When yeah. When Chummy said like, "Oh, it's a perfect going away dress," I was like, "Yes, that's a, that's a perfect going away outfit." But it, it was such a drab, sad. I mean, to get married in gray. I mean, I love. Yeah, the no, color it's gray, not even off white. Like gray. It was like kind of just the saddest color to get married in. I thought like, um. So yeah, anyway, that's probably the point of it. 
Yeah, well, the thing is, she's clearly feeling, I mean, like you said, she's feeling a lot yeah. of guilt. She's feeling a lot of shame. She really doesn't know where her place in the world is. Yeah, so anyway, she, knows where she, she just, wants to be, but she's not there. She went to a know? really, really awful last dress fit, and she was like, oh, I'll just keep it. I'll just keep it after being berated by this awful woman. Then mm. she's obviously still confused, comes back, and then she goes into the flat, and there's there's a drink spill on the floor. Again, I thought it was blood at first. Honestly, I'm just honestly ridiculously thick on this one. Um, so anyway, she walks in, she sees Timothy, she's like, oh my gosh, sees that he's not really waking up. She's like, move his feet, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she then obviously gets into hospital and then he's in an iron lung and he's really, really poorly and it's absolutely heartbreaking. But Sandy Toxfigs, the nurse. Yes, yes. BBO from Great British Bake Off. Is that really, because she's not an actress. I've never seen her act in anything of you, Bex. Never. No. Oh, I'm not a good judge, no. but yeah. Oh, wait, sorry. Just one quick thing. And and I think Dr. Turner says this in the scene right before Tim like officially goes into the hospital. But he said he references Sheila, but he calls her Auntie Sheila. That really, oh my God. I was so disgusted at that. I was like, don't call her that. I just, I was like, to go from like, uh, oh, I, I just thought, wrong. Oh, it well, just is. His wife only died not that long ago because they were referencing like his first Christmas without a last time. So she's yeah. not been dead that long. So it's a bit weird being like, oh, call her mom now. You've got a new mum point two point oh. But just but Auntie Sheila is yeah. so. It, yeah, I, no, that it is. Really, that was it's really not gross. necessary. But also, when um, Sister Ben, oh, no, Sheila takes him to the hospital. So mm. they're still waiting for Dr. Turner to arrive. And then um, mm-hmm. Sandy's she kind of says to Sandy because she's saying about the immunity she would have passed on um, from herself and she's like I'm not his mother and then she's like well then you if you're not immediate family you need to why didn't she say I'm like the next best thing to it his mother I'm married it just lies now I'm married to it I'm married to his dad I'm his stepmom I'm, I'm the only thing this kid's got really honestly <laughs> I swear, Dr. Turner spent more time with his son when he was in an iron lung than any other time ever that we've <laughs> seen on this show. Also, like, speaking oh. about Dr. Turner, there was a really good scene right near the start. So they're, they're getting clinic ready and stuff, and they're really annoyed because it's they've got a polio vaccine thing going on at the same time as um, yeah. clinic. And, um, and they're like, oh, Christmas Eve wedding is just so romantic, isn't it? Oh, and Dr. Turner seems so happy. And uh, Sister Evangelina is like, well, men generally do are really happy when they get everything they want like I just think <laughs> I've it's... literally written this down because I just love this comment from Sister Evangelina She's just a badass. I love it. form in this episode. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I I I had to laugh too when cuz like all cuz like Evangelina Julian and Bern- and Monica Joan are all dealing with with um sister bernadette leaving like in different ways but it did make me like i again i should I, this isn't this isn't actually a criticism but when sister monica joan is like she's forsaken the like the soul of christ for the slaking of the flesh i just i, <laughs> I just thought that was so funny i was just like the way she put it like so basically you slut shaming her yeah you slut shaming her <laughs> well it's like oh it's like oh she like she like decided to like give up this like really lofty you know like grace filled like dignified life so she could go like boff some guy for 20 years or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> i just was like oh my gosh it just made me well laugh. we should carry on with timothy so basically they have to put the wedding back don't they this is to do yeah. with sister me right, so right. they're doing um timothy so they're not doing timothy i'm sorry with they're doing, <laughs> we're doing Timothy now. So basically they're- No, nope, we're not to, doing Timothy either. No, we're, we're, discuss, we're never going to do We're discussing that. a storyline with Timothy Turner. Even in the latest that. series, too young. Anyway. Um, <laughs> He'll never so, be old enough, so. Yeah, so obviously the, she's, she's, you know, she's struggling. The sisters are struggling with losing her. Yeah. And then obviously she's got this whole crisis with Timothy. The wedding's off. She's absolutely on her knees, doesn't know what to do. Like the stress mm-hmm. level was so high. The place she went to was in an artist's house and I loved that. I and loved she, it. When Sister Bernadette, like took Evangel- when Sister Evangelina took Sister Bernadette's hand when they went into Compline when she just sang along with them I burst into tears like oh, to a level oh. that I never realised I could from <laughs> <laughs> two women holding hands on the TV I yeah, literally but- just burst into tears I was just like that is so beautiful and like she was like I'll do everything I'll cancel all the wedding plans it's all simple it'll be fine like it, she was just so earnest and so lovely and there for it and I just thought oh thank gosh thank gosh she's back with them there there were so many that that that's that whole thing was what was really getting me going during this episode in terms of like my my constant crying when I watch um and just I'll, I'll just we'll just get there so <clears throat> Tim recovers he's yeah. out of the iron lung I thought it was really weird how they draped him over the two of them yeah, he's just like it looked like he was a dead body it was really 
I'm like, could they not have laid him in a nicer way? Like, I don't know. It was just so weird the way he was laying there. I'm like, that kid's back is probably killing him. Like, whatever. But anyway, so they start like, so now they're planning the wedding and it's like, oh, you know, the, the spirit of Christmas lives on even in spring because this is when the wedding is happening. But um, two points. So they're getting, they're getting Sheila ready for the actual wedding day. And Chummy's there with the sewing machine. Trixie's got the makeup going. Jenny's with... Yeah, Jenny's got the nails and everything. And she's like, I've never had nail varnish before. And they're like, oh, well, this color, this color, whatever. And it yeah, was but like, also, I, it was just, she she was obviously, she was creeping around. Though. If anything, that was a bit weird, actually, Auntie Sheila. She was there creeping around the hallways of the artist's house, like listening and yeah, when they were. for that. And then she had it. And I was like, oh, I love it. I literally wrote in my notes, Sheila is finally one of the girls. Yeah. Like something she's wanted for so long. She's finally in the mix with them and like doing everything with them. And it was so sweet. And, and she's nice. going to be gaining some. I know. I mean, <laughs> well, whatever Dr. Turner's got to give, you know, <laughs> we're not even going to speculate. I, it makes me feel weird to think about it. But anyways, but then again, the tears were flowing for me when they're at, everyone's at the mer- wedding ceremony. Everyone, the, okay, the ceremony is about to start. Sister Julianne and Sheila walk up together because she's about to go down the aisle and, and Sheila turns to Sister Julianne and she says, you know, you should really be the one to walk me down the aisle. And I wrote this down because it's so beautiful. She says, you belong, Julianne sa- Sister Julianne says to Sheila, you belong to no one but yourself and you know exactly where you're going. She's like Meghan Markle. Poetry! <laughs> but also she was just so earnest and so like there was a scene uh... earlier where stopped her and like is that is, is there something special in that box like your wedding dress and Sheila was like ashamed of it like weird because she didn't know how to deal with it yeah. whereas Sister Evangelina was just so earnestly happy for her and I just oh they were all so earnestly happy for her and I just I, like the generosity of spirit was so beautiful it, uh, can we oh, talk about the flowers you. as well what flowers were they again I forgot oh hyacinths hyacinth. hyacinth. I the think I'm that- gonna get some hyacinth bulbs and I'm gonna wrap them in tinsel <laughs> you should I'm gonna do it but the fact that they used those ones like this these things that symbolically went through the bomb site and everything yeah and they used them in her wedding bouquet and obviously mm-hmm. tim in his in his polio leg strap things what they call braces oh, braces, braces yeah oh i know i love it she... about the bomb the only wait what we didn't actually finish the bomb i've just realized oh well this okay really sorry really fast i actually thought that scottish guy like i was like ooh, scottish guy mm. but then like he went he was like okay <laughs> now <90. we're> never- <laughs> i don't know i was in a weird place this week y'all okay so anyways he goes into like the little cove or whatever where the bomb is and he's like if, if anyone can if anyone can save us it's this old man who's gonna be here <laughs> he's like all right hold on you guys or whatever so he starts doing like little tick 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 you know twisty twisty whatever and then he like gingerly pulls this thing out of the hole and he picks it up and then he's like you know doing like he has like two parts that he's trying to unravel between each other and then all of a sudden they just slip out of his hands and drop and then all of a sudden you hear boom 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 and he's like it's gonna blow and then everyone's like and it, i just was like wow like within 30 seconds of actually trying to work on this bomb you completely fobbed it and now they may as well have just, they didn't need to get him back from Scotland. They no, just, I'm like, why didn't someone just throw a tennis ball at it, let it explode? It would have had the exact same result. Like, he wasted a train he, ticket there. He did nothing. And then, and I, I, I like really lost it for him because then he like, like, he like gets thrown to the ground as he's like running away from the bomb. He's like covered in like ash and soot and whatever. And then he goes, oh, well, all is well that ends well. And I'm like, it didn't end well at all. Well, also Chummy, wow. so Chummy, the bomb goes off and then literally Chummy's like all nervous looking for Peter, sees him. Yeah. And he's like, everyone can go home now. Hang on. How have they done that inspection within 10 minutes of the bomb going off? And then they're like, oh, not you nuns. You're never going back. Never. Also, sorry, this is like a personal criticism, but like I spent so many years in like various levels of like community and like regional theater or whatever. And the way that Peter runs into the parish hall, throws the doors open and says, hello everyone like all clear has been given for you know and he like he gives this line reading about the fact that the bomb site is okay it was the most like like an actor who only has one line and he's literally gonna make it count for absolutely everything <laughs> like in the community theater production of like miracle on 34th street or whatever it is and he's like you got it. and it's like it's like the scene i don't know it just the way that he did that line just really made me laugh i was like wow you are giving like very like like you know like mr you know like just some like local car salesman who got cast in the like community christmas show vibes there but anyway yeah so then they obviously showed the nuns praying and stuff in a different place and they were saying like we didn't spend they christmas couldn't like, go back. Yeah. no we didn't spend christmas together that year like in the you know in the old woman voice 
Um, Wait, but now we've not now we've not finished the wedding because I wanted to talk about the fact that Sheila wore the princess grace. Dress. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! Honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. And <laughs> um, also, when the um the shop the lady that ran the dress shop was like, "Oh, we normally recommend that for taller brides." Do you think she meant younger brides? Oh no, I thought taller. Oh, okay. Probably both. I mean, the thing is, like, there's so many ways to body shame. Like, I she clearly was just doing. I mean, like, I like, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think she was dress saleswoman. She was rubbish, wasn't she? Like, you know, read the room. Poor Sheila's had her to deal with that awful nurse. They're probably sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you don't mean to be laugh. Well, okay, I don't want to divert because we have so much still to talk about. Oh, and let lest we not forget, Jenny and Alec are like fully dating now, and like she's meeting him in like phone booths to like smooch and then she like goes yeah that was a cunning yeah I will say it was really it was I thought it was really cute that he had to like piggyback her up to his apartment because he didn't want his landlady to know like and hear like the second set of footsteps and everything but he was happy like they've obviously discussed that you're gonna jump on my back we're gonna sneak up the stairs yeah but laugh loudly while we're doing it (laughs) I know that's what I was like and also keep your voice down while you're talking up there also I like the fact that they were bridesmaids, Cynthia, Jenny, and Trixie. But mm. it was very modern that they had different coloured dresses. Yeah. But I thought maybe yeah. that was might, might be a war thing as well, fabric. Yeah. I, I think it's actually very just of the time. I think, like, different coloured taffeta dresses was, like, very, like, the style at that time. Oh. The thing that I thought was cute about it was that if you looked at each of their dresses, each of their dresses kind of, like, fit their personal style. Like, Trixie's didn't have yeah. any sleeves. It was the tightest one. Cynthia's was, like, very modest. Yeah, I think that's more modern between. to do that. I, I think in the olden days, oh, uh, wedding, wedding photos in my family and stuff, they're all an awful old same colour ones that are all the same. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about it. But I mean, anyway, I she looked beautiful. They yeah, were very happy. Was. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous occasion, and I just loved the fact that the nuns were there. I just thought it was it was so promising. But how joyous over Christmas as well. But I need to just say because I mean a lot happened in this episode. There was so much to discuss. But where where's Jane? Where did Jane oh, go? Oh, I know. This you was my zero, Jane not being there. <laughs> Reverend Appleby Thornton wrote her a letter and said, come, like, be with me now. Like, we'll get married and, like, live together in happiness. And that's where I think Jane is. I think she... I'd love to know what the actual deal was there. I mean, it- clearly, because, like, for our Christmas special, it appears at the end. So, as I'm watching it now, a Christmas special is at the end of a series, and that's why we're discussing it now. Right. But then... The next, when we go into the next series, the Christmas special is the first episode. So clearly, she's got to the end of the series, and then just not the actress is just then not rejoined at the start of the next series. Yeah, yeah. But why don't they reference where she's gone? So do they? In a future episode, they don't ever tell us where Jane went. They could have at least said, like, they could have just made up that she'd she was like they could have made reference to her and the Reverend Appleby Thornton. Well, this this is actually my my one of my very 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 few problems with the show is that there's many exits of people in the series that literally are just like oh they're just gone there they are you know like they're they're just not there anymore and they don't really have a reason why or, or any mention of it and Jane is definitely the first one but like Chummy kind of goes this way like like they they kind of say where she's going but they also there's, kind of there's don't two high, I won't I won't say there's two very high profile ones. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. just there, and then like in later seasons, I was just watching. There's like another one that happens this way too, and it and it's very weird to me because you'd think in a show that's like this thoughtful and like this, you know, like these characters are so invested in her head that they would do a little bit better at like giving people proper exits. It's almost like you know they they were renewed for the whole season, and then in between seasons they decided they weren't going to come back, and then the show was just like, okay, well, anyways, they just went somewhere, so like who cares? It might be negotiations as well, though. Like they might be like, oh. Well, they they might be coming back. We're not sure, so we don't want to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't know. I, it's wait, one of the few no, things I don't think they handle well. Because with Jane and Chummy, because we've mentioned Chummy, so spoiler alert: Chummy will leave in future episodes. Yeah, there there was a route that they could like Jane had already gone. Like her character was already evolving. She could have. It was very easy, even if the actress wasn't in the show. They could have set. They could have made something set up something. and referred to it. And yeah. with Chummy as well, they could have kind of said, like, when, oh, who's the actress who does the voiceover? Oh, Vanessa Redgrave. 
our and job, Vanessa, our job Vanessa in Redgrave could have told us that Tommy's future didn't lie in nursing. Like her family was her future, and like they could have easily yeah. just said, or, yeah, or just been like, maybe it might have been cut. They might have done a scene where they were like, oh. Um, she's spending Christmas with Reverend Appleby Thornton, but it got cut because there was too much in the scene. It may have done. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, but, she, does she come back in the next series? We'll right. have to. We'll have to do this as a because none of us can actually answer that right now. <laughs> I just realised. Can she? Does she? I don't think she does. Well, season three, a lot of shakeups happen. Like a lot of big shakeups happen. My thing is, I just I I told myself that Jane and Appleby Thornton like ended up together. Yeah, so, same, yeah. same. That's yeah. Lovely but I love them. And I yeah. love Jane. I'm just sad that she's not in it anymore because I just did love her. Like, she was such a gentle soul. I just loved her. Yeah, I genuinely thought she was a brilliant character, like, really, really well played as well. I thought she was brilliant. So if you do oh. want to come back, Jane, we'll have you. Yeah, love Jane, love Jane. Um, so, okay. I think we're on to Heroes and Zeros, ladies. Yes. I need to go last because despite I've not thought about this, despite the fact that we do it every week. <laughs> to be honest, Bex, I had one and then I said it before, so I'm not going to say that one now, so... Yeah. Jen, do you want to go first? Um, sure, I'll go first. I, I, I know. I, I always, I always, I don't know. I, well, the thing is, I always think of multiple for both categories, and then I just get flummoxed on the moment. Well, I've, um, I've got two. I can do it if you want. Okay, you go yeah. first, and then I'll. Right, Doctor Turner is my zero of the week. I know yeah. he's the groom, and he's all happy and getting married and all that. But at the same time, his son like literally looks like a corpse in front of him, <laughs> who's sweating and just awful, and he just basically is like, "Yeah, chat." I'm just gonna go to the surgery, gotta do something, getting married tomorrow, bye-bye. And the anti-Sheila thing, creepy. But um, my hero of the week, and there's quite a lot of good ones, but I will say it's Sister Evangelina for just being so joyful and beautiful, oh. supportive always. And just like, yes, she's heartbroken, but she puts that to the side because she cares and loves for her, her, her ex-sister, her, you know, that's still a friend. And I just think she's the most gorgeous, amazing person. And I also really did appreciate that hand movement back. So I wrote that down as well. <laughs> Angelina, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> My hero is going to be Fred because the way he, Fred is always the person who's kind of around an artist's house. Like I just think he's a bit taken for granted. Mm. And the way he just like yeah. stepped up into his civil defense volunteer role. Yeah, he's a bit hapless. They, they kind of take it, take it, yeah. don't they? Um, and also it kind of because obviously like we're, we're only just out at the back of the war so I think it just shows that he's like stepped up yeah um, and, and then your, my, my zero hero. Okay, he's my hero my okay. zero is I just think Timothy again sorry to steal Alex's but the fact it's one thing may, making someone self-sufficient it's another thing overlooking a deadly virus because <laughs> too busy. So Dr. Turner is kind of your zero and Tim's condition is your zero, but not Tim himself. Not no, not Tim himself. It was it was very well played. That'd be yeah. a bit harsh if Tim was your zero. Yeah. <laughs> <Forgetting> polio. <laughs> Only losers get polio. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that. I'm just cancel culture, that. Jen. Cancel culture. You're gonna cancel you're gonna get us cancelled. <laughs> You'll be removed from the next episode of the podcast and we won't reference where you've gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll do a Jane on you. <laughs> um, okay, so I thought I, I've narrowed it down. So um, zero for me is <laughs> um, the guy who comes from Scotland to defuse the bomb and literally does nothing and then just like <laughs> fumbles it and drops it and it goes off anyway. Like just... <laughs> just a big posho. Just when he like pulls it out, and then all of a sudden it's like, Bleh! and he's like, just you know, like it, like it just, I don't know, it, it's just really funny the way that they filmed that. Um, and also it's a zero because that bomb going off means that Nanata's house is officially uninhabitable, and it like yeah. is totally like, you know, like it really seriously damages the the absolute foundation of the whole building that Nanata's house is, you know, existing in. And it that's kind of the fine. I mean, they, the girls thought they had like another 18 months before they'd get demolished and they'd have to move and everything like that. But it, it, it shortens the life of them being able to be there. And it's just really sad. And so it's a definite zero for me. Um, Hero, though, I am going to give it to Trixie this week because oh, yeah. she she recognizes something she you know she recognizes something in a patient and then she does something like really beautiful to help that patient um with Jenny's help as well but it also allows her to kind of 
do some self-reflection and gain some self-awareness and it's the beginning of a journey that she's going on but I still like that you know I, I like that they highlighted that on the show and I like that they gave her that you know kind of entree into like that that deeper part of her and um and also like yeah. yeah and and the thing is like you know it is hard to sometimes understand ourselves like in really you know foundational and fundamental ways because there's so many things that go into like who we are and you know sometimes we look on something really happy and it and it is really happy but it's also like you know very complicated and anyways they like, they allow for that complexity and I and I really like that I just I love Trixie so hero amazing right next week ladies mm-hmm. we are doing a recap on this series aren't we yes, yes. we are mm-hmm. so um that'll be fun so please stay tuned um also after that we think we're going to do a special episode where we look into translations it was this was a fan a fan we've got fans ladies um <laughs> this was a fan request i never thought we'd even have one listener so thank you to everyone who listens honestly i can't tell you that the social media stuff we get is absolutely gorgeous like oh thank you so much to everyone honestly i can't tell you how much it honestly makes our lives like it's so lovely reading them it's so thank so you so much yeah everyone is so kind everyone is so sweet like we just all, yeah, all heroes suggestions as well if you do have any suggestions or any ideas or any questions you mm-hmm. want answered we mm-hmm. shall do that yeah thank you so much for watching um listening to watching. yeah re-watching <laughs> Um, and yeah, follow us on social media, send us questions, listen, get like and subscribe. And if you could rate us on Apple, Spotify, everything like that, that'd be amazing. Oh, as well. Huge and help, huge review. help. That's yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. Right, see you next okay. week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.